This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. This is The New Way We Work from Fast Company Magazine, where we take listeners on a journey through the changing landscape of our work lives and explain exactly what we need to build the future we want. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor, Kate Davis. On last week's episode, I talked to Sarah Horowitz about portable benefits. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, make sure to check it out after you finish this one. So the idea of portable benefits is pretty simple. Your health insurance, your retirement, your paid time off, and all your other benefits are no longer tied to your employer. Instead, they stay with you from job to job while you're unemployed or if you decide to work for yourself. Sarah and I go into much more detail about how exactly this would work and what's in it for both private employers and the government. But after talking about what the future of benefits could look like, I wanted to explore what we view as standard benefits, health insurance, vacation, etc., and how it got tied to our jobs to begin with. So Fast Company staff editor Lydia Dishman took a closer look at the history of benefits. Before the pandemic, the promise of opportunities to bring your dog to work or take a break between meetings by playing ping pong or hopping aboard a Peloton treadmill has become somewhat common in workplaces across the country. Even co-working spaces like Luminary, which are filled with freelancers and startup founders, offer perks like free wine. With unemployment continuing to decrease and companies still facing worker shortages, many employers are beefing up their benefits and perks to attract candidates. A survey from the Society of Human Resource Management revealed that the vast majority of employees, 92% to be exact, said benefits are important to their overall job satisfaction. Nearly a third of employees reported that their overall benefits package was a top reason to look for a position outside their current organization. And 32% of employees who said they wouldn't look cited their overall benefits package as a top reason as well. From the standard benefits like health insurance and 401k to premium perks like student loan repayment and maternity concierge services, employees have come to expect benefits as part of their overall compensation from their employers. But it wasn't always this way. Here's a brief history of workplace benefits. Sixteen thirty-six, the first pension plan. The very first benefit recorded for workers happened during colonial times. In sixteen thirty-six, Plymouth, now part of Massachusetts, began paying a pension to colonists who were disabled during the fight for independence. The nation government in seventeen eighty-nine passed a federal pension plan that would pay benefits to veterans of the Revolutionary War. The first private pension plan wouldn't appear until 1875. That's when American Express offered employees who retired from the company 50% of the salary they earned in the final decade with them. 1797, the birth of profit sharing. As the country grew, so did the need for skilled workers in manufacturing which meant that individual employers needed a way to attract talent and keep them loyal. 
So in 1797, Albert Gallatin, the Secretary of the Treasury under Presidents Jefferson and Madison, who also happened to be a glassworks mogul, crafted the nation's first profit-sharing plan for his employees. The profit-sharing plans we know today continued to evolve in the 1800s, when the likes of General Foods and Pillsbury gave part of their profits to employees as a bonus. Companies used profit-sharing during World War II to give their workers additional compensation without ever having to raise their wages. Eighteen seventy-seven, the first employee health plan. Healthcare as a benefit didn't appear until eighteen seventy-seven, when the Granite Cutters Union started the first plan for workers who got sick or injured on the job. However, retailer Montgomery Ward was the first to adopt a group accident and sickness policy for its employees around 1910. 1940s, paid vacation and employee assistance. Kodak and DuPont established alcohol recovery programs, which were the precursors to the modern employee assistance program. And by 1940, vacation coverage for hourly employees had grown to 50%. A 1943 report submitted to then-Secretary of Labor Francis Perkins revealed that nearly 8 million workers, or 60% of those under union agreements, were entitled to paid vacation, up from just 2 million in 1940. This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. 1980s, 90s, and beyond. Paid parental leave, stock options, and more. IBM started the first elder care program in 1987. And in 1991, Starbucks became the first private employer to offer stock options to eligible full and part-time employees. From here, benefits and perks expand to include many of the ones we're familiar with now and the menu just keeps growing. In 1996, the Society for Human Resource Management tracked 60 perks and benefits. In 2018, that number had swelled to over 300. Among them, paid parental leave has been both a hot-button issue for equity between men and women in the workplace, as well as a tool for employers who have used that to lure talent, particularly in tech jobs. And paid leave for caregivers is becoming a more urgent need as Gen Xers who are mostly in middle management and executive positions toggle between caring for children and elder and sick family members. Employers looking to build loyal teams have taken a less practical approach to benefits in recent years. Instead, they've built company cultures around group wellness, unlimited vacation policies, and even more esoteric perks such as pet cloning. The bottom line is that benefits and perks affect the bottom line. The most recent Bureau of Labor Statistics data shows that in 2021, employers factored 31% of their payroll for benefits as compared to 26 years prior when 71.4% was earmarked for salaries and only 28.6% went to benefits. A 2017 Society for Human Resource Management survey found that organizations leveraging benefits to recruit and retain employees are nearly twice as likely to have more satisfied employees, and to report better business performance. 
As a previous Fast Company report revealed, companies that have invested in benefits beyond healthcare and vacation saw a boost in retention rates and an increase in diversity. As Patricia Clark, Global Chief Talent Officer at Havas Group, told us, quote, it's an investment in these people to continue to grow and be amazing contributors. And that's all for this episode. If you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe to The New Way We Work wherever you listen. And if you like this episode, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. And we want to hear from you. What benefits are most important to you? Email us at podcast at fastcompany.com or tweet us with the hashtag The New Way We Work. The New Way We Work was produced by Joshua Christensen with editing by Nicholas Torres. 